Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, we're on a 10-day countdown to Christmas, December 15th. Hope everyone is driving safely out there. A lot of kids are getting out of school, uh, so just be aware of that. Uh, Next week, they'll be running around, as always, and just be careful. We want to make sure that everyone makes it through the holiday season safe and secure. We've got a great show for you today with our ever-evolving culinary scene. We're going to be visiting with Andy Duncan and Mark Beard and both managing partners of the new concept, uh, Jolie. And uh, we'll be talking about uh, what they're offering there on Julia Street. It's a great collaboration with Billy Blatty's, a local New Orleans restaurateur. The beginning of the 12 o'clock hour, Jessica Brandt, CEO of um, the Ray Brandt Auto Group, as well as uh, part of the uh, Ray and Jessica Brandt Foundation. They um, sponsored the Radiothon for Children's Hospital, and Lou Fragosa, president and CEO of Children's Hospital, will be joining us to make the announcement on how much money we were able to raise for Children's Hospital that's so critical to the care of our kids in our community. In the 11 o'clock hour, we will, in the back half, visit with Mike Petrelli, president of the Thomas B. Fordham Institute and a visiting fellow from the Hoover Institution. We're going to be talking about a new study exploring a competition from charter, private, and home schools in the nation's largest school districts with public schools and what those numbers reveal and where we're headed as it relates to school choice. Well, we'll start the 11 o'clock hour with Skip Gallagher, NOPD watchdog. He has put in dozens of uh, public records requests. The city's been slow walking, but they have recently responded to some, and there are some very telling stories that are coming out of these public documents, and we'll visit with him. Big game this weekend for the Saints. Five and eight Giants come in here with a new quarterback, Tommy DeVito. And the Saints are 6-7. and seven. They're in three-way tie the NFC South. They uh, got a tough schedule uh, remaining after that. They go to L.A. for a Thursday night game. Then they go to Tampa Bay to play the Bucks, And then the last game is here home against the Dirty Birds, the Falcons um, here. It's a um, really key games. And joining us to talk about it is Mike Haas, voice of the New Orleans Saints. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you, Noel. Uh, thanks very much. Yeah, we're doing it a little, little early today. I'm, I'm emceeing the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl luncheon, so I'm over at the Marriott right now getting ready for that, that get big game tomorrow uh, in the Superdome. So, yeah, huge weekend. Uh, New Orleans Bowl on Saturday, then the Saints and the Giants, you know, wrapping up this three-game homestand. Uh, not, it's not the game that I, if you just looked at the schedule, you know, Eight weeks ago, and said, "Look at the Giants game. Oh, it's, you know, it's going to be, you know, Danny Jones, and well, you know, it's going to be a huge game. And it's not, <laughs> it's not the game that we anticipated, but it's, it's still very, very important, certainly for the Saints, and I, and, and really kind of for the Giants too. Uh, you know, 
come in for winners of three straight. They've got like a folklore story building. Uh, so it's interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, we've said this every week. It's another big game for them. I mean, they've got to win out to, to ensure that they're going to have a fighting chance for the playoffs uh, because it's just so much parity uh, in the NFC this year. Yeah. You know, it's, they can, you know, control final, the, the final four games because of what happens, you know, unlike, the Falcons in Tampa, they each have an AFC game left. The Saints do not. All their, their remaining four are in the NFC. So, you know, you're going to go head-to-head uh, from when you start looking at tiebreakers in the, in the division and then NFC. So, I mean, it's not that a team – I mean, it's just the margin of error is so small. I don't I – don't, I truly don't think the winner of the NFC South is going to be 10-7. and 7. I think it's probably going to be 9-8. and 8. So, mm-hmm. and as you – and, and look at the next game. It's a tough turnaround. You play the Giants on Sunday, then you play the Rams on Thursday. NFC on the road in LA, so a short turnaround, and it's a travel to the West Coast. But after that, you've got this mini buy, this late season mini buy, to get ready for your two division opponents that are with you right now, Tampa and Atlanta. So I mean, it's all in front of you. It, it is, and it's it, they're not unwinnable games. I don't like anything. There are no teams you all oh, that's, that's a W and you move on. You don't do that anymore. If you do, you, you pay the price. But, you know, if, if you just keep doing what you've been doing, and certainly, you know, we, we could talk Derek Barr for, forever, but just keep doing offensively what you've been doing. Seven of eight in the red zone. I don't, you know, win the turnover battle, uh, make a big play to kind of flip the field like they did with, the, you know, force fumble, block punt. Uh, you keep doing stuff like that. You're, you'll be in games. Yeah, and, and, you know, you and I have talked about those moments in those games and missing, you know, early on in the season, they seem to be missing them. Uh, lately here, over the last two to three games, they seem to be capitalizing more and more on these moments that they have in the game that can just turn the momentum around or really make a difference in the outcome. Well, I think what, and, and Dennis Allen has talked about this, is that, it's not so much red zone. It's when they can get – where their problem in the red zone is when they would get in the 20 to the 10. They would kind of stall out. But in, in, the, in the last couple of weeks, they've been able to get it into, you know, goal to go and been seven of eight. So that's where they've been so much better because they, they haven't stalled out in that 19, 18, 17-yard line. They've pushed forward into inside the 10, and, and then they push it into the end zone, either running the football with Alvin or throwing it to Chris Olave or Jimmy Graham, whatever. And so that's where they've – they haven't stalled out, you know, at the 18, and they've kept these drives going. And, yeah, they've – you know, we could – offensively it's been not pretty, but I don't – I mean, I just – I don't know. Aren't we beyond pretty anymore? Good gosh. I mean, I just don't care. Did, did you watch last night's that. game? Did you watch oh last God. night's game? <laughs> hey, let me say, let me say how sad I am. Because my brain works very weirdly. I could not stand the fact that the three nothing game uh, last week, right? Three yeah. nothing. I can't remember who that was. No, it was uh, uh, Minnesota, Minnesota, and who was it? Anyway, yeah. it just drove me crazy. It drove me crazy, so I went and watched it. I go, I got it. There, I don't never heard of an NFL game like this. I didn't think this was possible. I watched the condensed version of the game just to see, like, like how does it? And they scored. 
middle under two minutes to play. It was almost zero zero <laughs> overtime. It was contrast that to... I can't even remember who it was. Yeah, you know, uh, turnovers and injuries and what what happens in these next few games? Can they continue? Can this defense stop somebody running the football? Right? I mean, can they stop mm-hmm. Tommy DeVito from running? Um, they haven't stopped anybody running lately. Not Atlanta, not Detroit, not Carolina. But I mean, if you can't stop the run, you, you're going to make other – you make the quarterback so much better when you can't stop the run. So what the Giants um... – they blitz a lot. Um, we yep. keep hearing about we keep hearing about that, uh, it, and almost it's not even a surprise anymore. It's like a, just about every down, uh, they're coming. Um, obviously, where where do we stand on our front line injury wise? We're still intact. Yeah, you know, pretty good. Everybody's been, took some time off yet. So here's the deal. So they they do blitz a lot. They got 23 sacks. Yeah. The giant defense, right? 23. That's 29th in the NFL, but it's not. So that's why we get to lock into like sacks. It's really more about pressures and quarterback stops. Though, you know where they where they're good. So on third down, they're fourth best in the NFL. Fourth. This is a team that was at one point was two and eight. They're fourth best in the NFL turnovers. They got twenty two. They're fifth best turnover differential six plus six. They're sixth best. So, man, that that defense has kept them in games so much but offensively they just you know struggled they had tyrod taylor then you know devito danny jones was back then he got hurt so it's been a mess for them offensively but defensively they they rise to the occasion like, like few others and and they've been sacked 69 times <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> I mean, that's, well, DeVito, that is a crazy the, the, number the first time when he played Green Bay this past week, he, he was not sacked. That was the first time he's not been sacked. He'd only played, you know, in like six games. He was sacked 28 times. They beat Washington in week whatever, I don't know, week nine. Oh, my God. They beat Washington. That was the first game of the winning streak. They beat Washington in Washington, and DeVito was sacked nine times. Nine so, yeah, and so, you know, he wasn't sacked in Green Bay because he ran it 10 times. They weren't, they weren't called runs. He was running to avoid, you know, pressure. So the Saints cannot let that happen. That is the killer for this defense, to get pressure on a quarterback and he escapes and runs for the first down. That is way more worrisome to me than his passing the football. Separate and apart from um... – the, the quarterback running, they've had a decent uh, running game as well, right? Oh, yeah, Saquon Barkley, three touchdowns, uh, almost 800 yards. I mean, he's he's the guy, right? Uh, Matt Breida gets some carries, but, you know, it's it's Saquon Barkley. He's, you know, he's kind of had a resurgence. He's caught the ball as well for four touchdowns. He's got seven touchdowns offensively. I mean, he's the guy who's going to get it, you know, and that's that's who the Saints have to stop. You know, if you can stop him early and just like look what happened in the Carolina game. As soon as the Saints got into a leadable position where Carolina couldn't run it, they had to throw it, and the Saints just ate it up. So, but until that until that time, they were running the ball just whenever they wanted to. You've got to stop that run and put DeVito into third and eight where he's behind the sticks because the Saints defense will come at him hard and you know if the question is will they stay disciplined stay in their lanes and you know make sure that he doesn't escape 
I mean, he ran for 71 yards last week, 10 carries, 71. You can't have that. You cannot have that. Mike, over the past several weeks, there's been a lot of discussion. It seems as though the coaches have been a little bit defensive as to whether or not there's something in the locker room or otherwise. You know, I hear a lot of folks chattering about this and chattering about that. Uh, For me, when I watch these games, you and I touched briefly on this last week, it's just simply about execution. I mean, you got to execute. you got to be where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be, and how you're supposed to be. Uh, I can't imagine they're not coaching it. I mean, we're just not doing it, it, it from my perspective. And, well, they're just not doing it consistently. I mean, you could pick yeah. five, four or five plays, I mean, maybe three plays out of the Atlanta game, you know, two plays out of the Detroit game. You know, so it's it's not an inconsistent situation all the time, but you can pick up four or five plays in, in those games that are game breakers. Taysom's fumble right. in Atlanta, the pick six. In yeah. Atlanta. I mean, just it's not a lot. But they're so detrimental, you know, you can have a pick. Picks don't necessarily kill you. But when you're driving to score and it's a pick six, yeah, that's, that's, that's a 14-point change. Um, and so it's, just, it's, it's been the inconsistency all season of making the most when you have your opportunities. That's when the inconsistencies get them. And it's been, you know, that's why six and seven is not at this point, you know, eight and five. That's the, that's the, that's the difference. And most of the teams in the NFL, most of the teams in the NFL right now are six and seven, seven and six, eight and five. That that's it. Right. I think there's like 20 yeah. teams in that realm. Well, that the, the difference in those games is nothing, nothing. But when we come on, when we come to a situation where people are talking about blowing up an organization, when you look at the at the you know at the standings right now, there are more teams with a similar uh, record to the Saints than there are otherwise. In fact, the yeah. vast majority are within one game, either one one more loss or one more win, of where the Saints find themselves today than 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 there are uh, folks with uh, a lot more wins or a lot less losses. They all seem to yeah, be he- clustered right there. Yeah, those are, you know, the 10 and 3 teams, right? I mean, the Giants have two teams in their division, two that are 10 and 3, <laughs> right? Yeah. Saints are, you know, we're battling for we're trying to get somebody to 500. They got two teams ahead of them that are 10 and 3. Uh, so you're right. And so as, as last week, it was what happens in these next five games will dictate what 2024 looks like. Now, what but, happens in these last four games, I think, will dictate what what happens in for the 2024 season, if, you know, Win all four of these games, man. You win your division. I mean, you can lose one and still win your division and finish nine and eight. It's just, it's it's how they kind of finish this this season to me that will dictate a lot of what happens next year. There'll be change. There's always change, but yeah, you but know. you know, but I mean, this this uh, shock and all like blow something up. I mean, my point yeah. is simply this: if the vast majority of the teams find themselves similarly situated, it can't all be because of bad organization, bad coaching. I, mean, no, I agree. It's just, right. Yeah. Everybody can't blow and, it up. And if you're going to blow yeah. it up, you better be in good position in a draft <laughs> draft situation where you, you're going to blow it up. Yeah. We're going to blow it up with the 28th pick in the first round. You know, you got to blow it up. You know, there's got to be a good reason. You're not just blowing it up to blow it up. It's not, it's not what this team does. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's where I, I just try to find, you know, uh, 
reason and, and, and then the rationale behind this, because when I look at, you, you know, you always look at your peer group, right, your competition. What are they doing? What's happening? And there's just so many that are similarly situated. Yeah, I mean, you know. exactly. I mean, you're, you're right. You're not, that's not just NFC. It's AFC as well. I mean, you've got some haves and some have-nots and, and some teams who were expecting better. Buffalo was expecting better this year. The Saints were expecting better this year. But it is what it is. You are who you are at this point. You got to prove that you're not that this, that this isn't six and seven isn't who you are. I mean, last year in thirteen games, we were four and nine, four and nine, and 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 the sky wasn't falling last year four and nine. But at six and seven in a virtual time for first of the South, it feels like the sky is falling around us. And I'm like, man, it's just everybody. Let's let's play the games. Let's see what happens. It's not over till it's over, you know, but uh, it, it, I just find it, I, I, I am, I'm a little mystified as to why that, that, that is, you know, and, and I think and expectations. What, yeah. I told you, because, be, you know, it, it's just that the expectations were so much bigger uh, for this offense and for Derek Carr. And this is before all the injuries. And I think they were just, the expectations were, 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 were high. And it is, and Derek would say, the offense would say, putting all this in Derek's hands is, is just unfair. Uh, they just haven't produced. They've been without Kendra Miller. They've been without Jamal Williams. Some they've been without Alvin Kamara. Some Marshawn Lattimore. You know Mike Thomas. Um, but here we are, four games to go. You know, three of them, three of their final. You know, the Giants and the Falcons at this point is two of their final four. It was three last week. So and you, it's it's. Here it is. It's in front of you. What are you going to do with it? Yep. Uh, Mike, I had actually I lost you the signal there for a few minutes, but thank you so much for joining us this morning. We know you're busy. We always appreciate uh, you joining us uh, this morning. So have a great weekend, too. Thank you, my friend. We'll be right back, folks. 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line. Stay with us. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
So best of luck to the Saints on Sunday. Big game. As I said before, we play the Giants. Then we go to L.A. for a Thursday night game, 7-15 start. We head out to Tampa Bay after that. And when we come home and we play the, the Dirty Birds, and um, that game I think is um, – I don't know what day that game is going to be. I'm not sure if it's been set just yet. Wanted to talk about something that I talked about yesterday. So the city council stepped in in order to save this, uh, I guess, garbage debacle in the French Quarter in the Central Business District. They passed an emergency measure on a 6-0 vote that was sponsored by City Council Member Freddie King. The uh, garbage contracts are under the committee of Oliver Thomas, and he was very disappointed that he had no knowledge, no advance warning that this was looming. The city administration did not communicate with the city council. In spite of the mayor at her state of the city saying she sees the city council. Obviously she doesn't. She's blinded. And she's misleading us again. Because they're not being open and transparent with the city uh, council, which is critical to the governance of this city. I, I really wish she would just stop BSing us every day and just own up to what's going on. This is the classic example of what goes on in third world countries. And I keep saying this because we keep missing the mark. And then when you listen to what the head of the uh, department that handles garbage for the city of New Orleans as to what their reasoning was in letting this thing go as long as they did, And basically what they did is they created the emergency by not doing what they should have done for fear that it was going to take too long to go out for public bid and that the bids were going to come back at a price that they just, for whatever reason, didn't want to swallow at this point in time. It's going to be interesting. I think the legislative auditor is going to end up looking at this because that's This was not an emergency. They created the emergency by their inaction. This is crazy. To the best of my recollection, you can't do that under state law. And I hope the legislative auditor comes down here and spanks them because this is ridiculous. This should not be happening. So, Mayor, open your eyes, see the council, see the issues, own it, Take care of it. Everyone is disappointed. This is what your administration does. This is what they're supposed to do. If you're in charge of the department, you can't say, well, they notified me in July, and we were hoping against hope that they would change their mind. No, they're not going to change their mind. They were losing money. You obviously don't understand basic business principles. They're not a not-for-profit. They're not in it to lose money to pick up your garbage in the meantime. You've been down that road before with Metro and Richard's disposal. How many times do you have to experience what's happening here before you wake up and smell the roses? This is crazy that we would let this get to the point that it's going to get. So the contract's going to end up uh, costing, on an emergency basis, an additional half a million dollars, and, you know, they're going to move forward. After the council vote, um, 
Matt Torrey, who's in charge of this, said that the emergency procurement process was necessary because, listen to this, the city was handcuffed by its previous nine-year-old contract with KBS. That is not the definition of an emergency. This is going to end up being a problem. So he argued that putting out a public bid for the contract in July when the city first learned that the company was opting out of providing the service would have left the city vulnerable to a trash pileup, too. He estimated the city's procurement process would take between six and ten months. Whose fault is that? Your, your ineptitude, your inefficiency is not a reason for the declaration of an emergency and moving forward on an emergency basis. I'm kind of shocked that no one brought that to the forefront. Maybe they did, I don't know, at the council. Or maybe they didn't want to tattletale on themselves, you know, and invite the legislative auditor down here to review this whole process and, and, and have somebody go through an educational uh, process as to what an emergency measure is. In, you're in action, and it's clear, the record's clear that everybody knew, does not support taking votes and not publicly bidding contracts because you fear the outcome of the bid process. I've never heard of such an animal. It's absolutely craziness. So this whole period of time that they should have been working their tails off that, you know, they did nothing. They engaged in inaction in the hope that somebody was going to complete a Hail Mary pass and they would actually be able to get this done. Then they resort to an emergency measure. Didn't see us and said before whether or not that's going to be allowed. And Councilman Thomas was right. He said the sanitation department should have preempted this issue before KBS filed its notice in July. Yeah. You know what they call that? And I know that Oliver knows what they call that. That's called a sound business practice. Meanwhile, Tory cautioned that when the city does bid out the contract next year, it's going to come with a hefty price increase. Really? No kidding. Just the rate of inflation. Things cost more. That's not... That's not a revelation, Mr. Tory. We've been down this road twice already with Metro and, and Richard's disposal. We understand that it costs more. You are a fool for thinking that you're going to be able to deliver a contract for the same price that you delivered it nine years ago. Who believes that? Like no one. I understand that it may put pressure on your budget. I understand that you may not be able to finance and fund the whims of the administration relative to so many other things that they have a desire to finance if, in fact, the garbage contract costs more. I get it. That's all part of governing. It's called prioritization. What's more important? Garbage pickup? Or financing culture bearers. I think most people in the city would say, garbage pickup. That's not a knock on culture bearers. 
It's just an example of prioritization and what's important to the everyday operations of our community. Garbage pickup versus most other things, garbage should win out. Mr. Torrey goes on to say and state the obvious yet again. This is 10 years later than the inception of the contract. The market has changed dramatically. Wow. What a revelation. I'm sure that the city council yesterday felt just so incredibly informed by the administration with what they were notif- what he was notifying them of. Times are different now. Costs are different now, 10 years later than when, when we entered into this contract. When you read this, I don't know about you, you can tell that I'm, I'm a little over the edge on this right now because this is, you wonder how we're getting anything done. But in the meantime, you know, we are so very excited that uh, when we get the new turbines, you know, when we get the new power thing uh, in 2025, our carbon footprint is going to be reduced by 45%. And I know that that's top of mind for everybody. Before they go to bed, they say a Hail Mary and Our Father, and they're just so excited and thankful Uh, the Cantrell administration, that that carbon footprint of that power generating uh, system is going to be reduced by 45%. Meantime, we can't get garbage picked up twice a week. We're struggling in dealing with the issuance of garbage contracts and the like, but we can hold on to the fact that that one project is going to reduce that small little footprint of where that facility is actually located. We're going to... achieve a 45% reduction in the carbon footprint. And that in and of itself justifies the mayor traveling all over the world. And now we can sleep sound at night and no longer have to take an Ambien. I'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 
Welcome back, folks, on No Filter Friday. Let's go to Becky on line one. Becky, you're up. Welcome to the show. Hi, Noel. This is Becky, New Orleans. Hey, Becky. And I have a question about the phone, I mean, the garbage contracts. If they knew the contract was expiring December 31st, besides obviously ignoring the fact that they got the letter saying the company wasn't going to renew, they weren't doing anything to prepare for it regardless? That's what it sounds like. They were hoping against hope that this company would change its mind. And it seems as though they feared the outcome of going to out to bid that it might cost more. Uh, and so because they, nothing costs more any day, any day right? Uh, that's a revelation to you, right? I thought all prices were on the decline. Uh, I was shocked to hear that things, you know, when you enter into a contract 10 years ago, that at the end of that period of time that you might expect that costs are going up. I, I, and that's just me. But just I, I just maybe a little bit. But, oh, it's just so frustrating. Okay, I just I needed to make sure that they did nothing but ignore it and hope against hope. Yeah, so you can stop scratching your head and you can stop being mystified. It's resolved. They did it intentionally. <laughs> and now they want to declare an emergency. <laughs> I, I, I'm okay. not sure that that's the definition of an emergency. It does, doesn't it? Well, it makes sense for this administration. <laughs> but take, mm-hmm. you know, uh, un- understand, I know you'll feel better about this. The mayor in her uh, comments the other day at the state of the city that New Orleans is a global resiliency leader and it's a damn good thing that we're we're globally resilient because when stories like this break the only way that you can maintain your sanity is by being resilient we are resilient so, then. so, so, so there it is it's in it's in our DNA but I didn't know resiliency being in our DNA gave the mayor a pass to just totally not govern. It's just standard <laughs> operating procedures. <laughs> Absolutely. Your contract's expiring. Let's go see what we're going to do to continue the service. I'm not sure there's anything standard here. Becky, thank you for the call because, you know, I feel like I'm beating up again, but things go in threes, right? So. We've got the garbage contract. The OIG issues the report about the OJJ director who left us a while back, who um, didn't show up for work on months on end, never used his access card, was allowed to have an out-of-town job at the same time. This was another mayor hire um, that wanted, and I guess she hires this, these folks j- just to test how resilient we truly are. I'm convinced that that must be what it is. I'm beginning to start to connect the dots after her state of the city address the other day. This is truly really all about resiliency, about your resiliency, about whether or not how much you can swallow here and still move on. That's got to be what it's about. So we hire the OJJ director. He doesn't show up for work. And then they have someone that escapes like back in March and they tell no one. And they find out that he's out as a result of, I think, uh, putting a gun or something to somebody's head, if my uh, memory serves me correct. Um, and, you know, and then they, then they used to, we got a problem. This person's been out. We got a bigger problem. Let's see how we tell no one that this individual has escaped from 
um, the not really from uh, the OJJ. Uh, I don't think he was in custody. I think he was in uh, some alternative to incarceration program at the time. But be that as it may, he left. He's gone. And he's out committing more crime. Kudos to DA Jason Williams and kudos uh, to the state representative, uh, Mr. Knox, I think his name is, uh, for calling him out. Alonzo Knox. Yes, thank you. I apologize. Um, for calling them out, saying, what are you doing? What's going on here? Why do you think that you can keep this quiet? You're not prohibited by the Louisiana Children's Code. And any time that it comes, you know, down to the release of information about that juvenile and public safety, we should err on the side of public safety. See, those are the things you do when you become a victim-centric system as opposed to an offender-centric system. And we need to make sure that we're creating more balance as to offender rights as it relates to victims' rights. And obviously, this is not a constitutionally protected right, so it should not be a mind game to get to where we need to get to release the information so the public knows who the person is. Be on the lookout. Uh, if you see him, please call Crime Stoppers or whoever else you want to call, 911, whatever, to get him picked up so we can send out the U.S. Marshals because you've heard me say this before. They can find a tick on the ass of a donkey in the middle of the desert. And we wouldn't be dealing with this six months later. But you got to let somebody know. You're empowered with the information. But yet again, you've heard what I said before. NOPD is human capital strapped. That puts more pressure on every other part of the system that when we do selectively incapacitate impact criminals in our community, that we must make sure that everything else downstream is clicking on all cylinders. And what's happening here, we're clicking on none. We'll be right back. Folks, I want to correct one thing. I did not transition appropriately from one issue to the other. The OIG report was on the local juvenile justice coordinator individual. And what I was talking about, and I should have transitioned a lot cleaner, was the state OJJ director. I did not mean to cause confusion. Someone texted in and pointed that out. I apologize for saying those were two. Those were, as I said, things run in threes. We will be right back with Skip Gallagher, NOPD watchdog. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot take order order in the court follow and listen to queens of the court on the free odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts